In this series on the Holy Ghost, I was trying to jam-pack so much information uh, in. It, we were going long, and it, we got confusing. And don't ever be afraid to tell me that. All right? Don't ever be afraid to tell me either the mic was not working right or, or that, um, you know, we're, uh, you know, we finish. You know how someone asked me this time? They said, do you ever watch yourself afterwards, you know, the broadcast or whatever? I knew I was in trouble then. Because the answer is no, I don't watch myself, right? So uh, that I knew then that this was um, constructive criticism. That's okay. I can handle that, all right? That's not going to hurt my feelings. Why? Because I'm trying to give you information that could change your life. And if I mess that up and I don't get it across to you correctly, then that's wrong, all right? And I don't want to be wrong. I love you. I'm your pastor. I want to do this thing right, all right? So now... Watch this with me. Let's do a little brief catch-up here. We, we broke down the gifts of the Spirit into three groups of three each. We can remember that, right? Three groups, three each in each uh, of, the, of these categories. And the first category was the revelation gifts, the gifts that reveal something. Can you follow that? That's easy, right? The revelation gifts are, and they're listed in the Bible in this order. And what, what have we learned? You have to pay attention to the order the Word of God has them in. Because the most important one, most of the time, will be listed first. And what was the most important one? Word of, not, or word of wisdom, right? Word of wisdom. Because Word of wisdom is information that God gives you by the power of His Spirit about the future because God only knows the future. He's the only one, Right? Um, I can tell you right now that if you were in the military and you were facing an enemy, if you knew the enemy's plans before the battle, you were way ahead of the enemy, right? So if God chooses to reveal a piece of information to you, a word of wisdom to you about the future, that's helpful, amen? The second gift mentioned is the word of knowledge. And the word of knowledge is different from the word of wisdom because it has to do with um, right now or in the past. Something that's going on right now or in the past. And then the third gift in, the, in these uh, revelation gifts, is what I call them, is discerning of spirits. Now, once again, I'm just going to read you 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. To each is given the manifestation of spirit for common good. If you want to know why the Holy Ghost gives gifts, uh, uses us in the gifts, it's for the common good of everybody. Amen? Uh, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. That's English Standard Version for King James Version, word of wisdom, mentioned first. To another, the utterance of knowledge or word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Matter of fact, don't get confused. I know people that wanted to get filled with the Holy Ghost and, and, and to overflowing, and they wanted to pray a prayer language. Uh, and thought that somehow it was different than the Holy Ghost you get when you get saved, and it's not. Same Holy Ghost, all right? The Holy Ghost you get when you get saved is just the Holy Ghost moving inside, setting up residence, all right? The baptism in the Holy Spirit is where you get filled with that same Holy Spirit until there's no room left in you to hold it. You get filled to overflowing, amen? Now, uh, well, before we're done, six, eight weeks down the road, you're going to know why that's important. All right, we can't cram everything into one service. Verse 9, to another, 
Um, let's see, uh, another faith by the same spirit to another, gifts of healing by the same spirit to another, working of miracles to another, prophecy to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits to another, various kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, now, what did you notice there that the discerning of spirits is way down in the list? Did you notice that? All right, now, now, we don't hide from that. We don't run from it. The point that I'm trying to make is we broke the gifts down into groups of threes, right? So you have revelation gifts, and there's three of them. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Why? Because they reveal things to you you didn't know, all right, by the power of the Spirit. Then you got the power gifts, amen? That's another set of three. So it doesn't have to be Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and then discerning of spirits. In a way, it is, but there's some gifts listed in between there, right? But the most important thing to remember is the first one listed was word of wisdom, the second one was word of knowledge. And as the revelation gifts go, discerning of spirits is way down on the list. We're going to find out why today, all right? We'll find out why. All right, now watch this. Uh, look at, look at uh, the study question page with me and look at, at number one. What does the discerning of spirits give you insight into? Actually, insight should be one word. Everything within the realm of knowledge, whether facts, events, purposes, motives, origins, or destinies, human, divine, or satanic, natural, or supernatural, or past, present, or future, comes within the focal range of one or the other of these three revelation gifts. I am so glad I got that all out. I got that into print and I put it in your hand. Because what does the discerning of spirits give you insight into? Everything within the realm of knowledge, whether facts, events, purposes, motives, origins, and destinies, human, divine, or satanic, natural, or supernatural, or past, present, or future, comes within the focal range of one or the other of the three revelation gifts. Actually, I worded the question wrong. It's insight. Uh, what does the discerning of spirits and word of wisdom and word of knowledge give you insight into? And then that paragraph answer highlighted in yellow. Isn't that a lot of information? Right? Look at number two. What does to discern mean? To discern means to perceive by seeing or hearing. That's going to become very important. Number three, why does the discerning of spirits actually have a more limited range of operation than the other two revelation gifts? This is why it was weighed down on the list of gifts by priority. Did you notice that? It was dropped way down on the list because its revelation is limited to a single class of objects. Spirits. That's it. Do you see why now? The Holy Spirit is so smart, isn't he? He's smart, right? And as he inspired the word of God to be written, he, he gave this to Paul in a way that prioritized these revelation gifts. And the third revelation gift that we're looking at, the discerning of spirits, was way down on the list because it only deals with one subject, and that's spirits. All right? All right? Are you with me on that? Okay, we're going to stop right there, and we're going to go to our notes. Our previous lessons have dealt with two of the three gifts that reveal something. The word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. In this message, we will cover the third revelation gift, the gift of discerning of spirits. 
The most important of the three revelation gifts is the word of wisdom. We know why. The discerning of spirits gives supernatural insight into the spirit realm. So discern means to perceive by seeing or hearing. So discerning of spirits is the same as seeing or hearing into the spiritual realm. How many of you know that there's most likely spirits in this room right now? But they're not readily seen right now, right? They're not. They're not readily seen. But watch this with me. Of course, the discerning of spirits actually has more limited range of operation than the other two revelation gifts, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. It's because the revelation is limited to a single class of objects, spirits. The revelation that the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge brings is broader and applies to people, places, and things. Have you noticed that? Word of wisdom and word of knowledge applies to people, places, and things. Does that make sense? All right. Discerning of spirits has to do with spirits. All right. Okay. Remember, the discerning of spirits is seeing or hearing into the spirit world. It also reveals the kind of spirit that is in operation behind a supernatural manifestation. Think about that with me. I want to read it again. It also reveals the kind of spirit that is in operation behind a supernatural manifestation. So, look at, uh, look at question number four on your question and answer sheet. Name five things that the discerning of spirits is not. Now, listen to me, eyes up here. Someone once said that the best way to find out what something is is to find out what it is not. Have you ever noticed that before? Say, so, well, I may not know what that is, but I know what it's not. All right? I mean, sometimes that's really important. All right, it's not just discernment. It's not just plain old-fashioned discernment. Have you ever met somebody that had a very discerning uh, mental capability? They were able to evaluate situations and personalities and things. Some people just are very good at discerning things, you know, uh, people's motives, things like that. That's not necessarily a spiritual gift. Pretty intelligent person, and God makes those people, Right? It's not just simple discernment. I've heard people say, I believe I have the gift of discernment. Actually, there's no such, mention, no such thing mentioned in the Bible as a gift of discernment. There's nothing in the Bible mentioned as a gift of discernment that people have. That they, you understand what I'm saying? There's no, no place in the Bible like that, right? There's a gift of the Spirit. We don't own any of them. They use us, we don't use them. Amen? All right. Actually, there's no such thing mentioned like that in the Bible. Let's call things by their Bible name. It's called the discerning of spirits because it is a gift of the Spirit. Furthermore, many times what people call a gift of discernment is the gift of a word of knowledge in operation. It, they're so easy to confuse but I'm going to give you a little hint and a clue today. I'm going to give you a way to know the difference. Let's call things by their Bible name. Furthermore, many times what people call a gift of discernment is a gift of word, knowledge, and operation. In other words, sometimes people know things by the Spirit of God and they just call it discernment. But that doesn't make it an accurate statement. It's actually a word of knowledge. The discerning of spirits is not a kind of spiritual mind reading. 
The discerning of spirits is not psychological insight, nor is it some kind of mental penetration. It's not the supernatural power to discern the faults of others. It's not the supernatural power to discern the faults of others. You will find that the power to discern the faults of others is possessed by believers as well as unbelievers. <laughs> There's some humor in that if you think about it a little bit. You don't even have to be a believer to possess that gift of fault finding. Amen? Even though the way we're talking about this gift, about fault finding, it's forbidden in the Bible. Matthew 7 verse 1 says, Judge not that you be not judged. As a matter of fact, one of the purposes of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is to destroy this particular so-called gift of discerning faults of others, which is nothing more than criticism, then to replace it with the gift, then to replace it with the gentle gift of forbearance. That's one of the things the Holy Ghost does. All right? The discerning of spirits is not a spiritual gift to uncover human failures. It's not. Christians should walk in love. And the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. No. Discerning of spirits is not discerning of character or faults. It is not even the discerning of people. Or it wouldn't be called the discerning of spirits. Amen? Once again, it's called the discerning of spirits, and it deals with spirits that exist in the spirit realm, whether they are divine, satanic, or otherwise. Discerning of spirits is not simply discerning of devils or evil spirits. So look again at, verse, or at question number four. Name five things that the discerning of spirits is not. It's not discernment. The discerning of spirits is not a kind of spiritual mind reading. The discerning of spirits is not psychological insight, nor is it some type of mental penetration. It's not the supernatural power to discern the faults of others. No, discerning of spirits is not discerning of character or faults. It's not even the discerning of people. All right? It's spirits. We're going to deal more with that. To say that the gift of the discerning of spirits has only to do with demons is also misleading. Watch with me. This gift has to do with the entire class of spirits, including good spirits, bad spirits, even human spirits. Follow with me now. It is a supernatural insight into the realm of spirits. The discerning of evil spirits is included, of course. Too many times people have delivered or believed that seeing demons is all this encompasses. That, that discerning of spirits is just seeing demons, and it's not. It's not. As you will find in the Bible, this thought is limiting to the truth. Watch this. We must maintain balance when dealing with demonic forces. You have to pay very close attention to this. The way that some people teach about demons and casting out demons troubles me because it's sometimes out of line with the Word of God. Pay close attention. Read that again. The way that some people teach about demons and casting out demons troubles me because it's sometimes out of line with the Word of God. This can sometimes bind people instead of delivering them. For example, watch this. Many times what people call a demon is nothing more than the works of flesh. 
in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, lists the works of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. And that's question number five. Many things that people say are the devil aren't the devil at all. What are they? The works of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21 reads like this. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Say that with me. Now the works of the flesh are evident. One more time. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Say it with confidence. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Now, stop right there for a second. Is it not possible for demonic forces to be involved with these things? They can be. But isn't that important? More so than the never, that if you're going to pray for people who suffer from these types of sins, that the Holy Ghost should speak to you and let you know whether or not a demonic force is to blame. Because if the Holy Ghost doesn't tell you there's a demonic force to blame, you've got to blame the flesh first. All right? Now, I will tell you, some people get all excited. There, there's a book out there I don't like. And I'm not going there. I'm not going there to talk about that book. But I'm trying to tell you that book would love for everybody to blame their problems they have in the flesh on a demon, on a demonic force. Now, do you hear that little Holy Ghost bump? Right. Sam said they're praying for somebody. And, and, and they're telling me they're addicted to pornography or something. I don't know. I'm pulling something out of the hat, right? But all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost drops a word on the inside of me and says, it's a demonic force. You need to cast the demon out, all right? What just happened? With the words I said, what just happened? No, you're close. God just gave me a word of knowledge because he didn't show me anything. I didn't see into the spirit realm with my eyes. I just got a word of knowledge from God. See the difference between a word of knowledge and discerning of spirits? Discerning of spirits is seen into the spiritual realm. I remember watching a pastor one time who was praying for somebody, and all of a sudden he stopped and pulled his hands back, and he said, all right, here's what I got to tell you. The Holy Ghost just showed me uh, and, and this person was battling mental illness. And they wanted the pastor to lay hands on him, pray for him, be healed, right? So he went to pray a prayer of faith over this person, right? And boom, the Holy Ghost let him see into the spirit realm. And he said, there's a demonic force on your brain. Like it looks like an octopus with its tentacles wrapped around your brain. And God's going to cast, we're going to cast that out in the name of Jesus. What just happened to him? He's, the Holy Ghost, used the gift of discerning of spirits. Why? Because he saw it into the spiritual realm. Do you see the difference now between discerning of spirits and a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom? You don't necessarily see anything with a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. You just know something you didn't know before. 
Now, sometimes it could come as an audible voice inside of you. For me, it's just all of a sudden this smart thing appears on the inside of me that I know didn't originate with this IQ. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? No, God's smarter than us, right? Right? And he can just drop a word of knowledge or he can drop a word of wisdom in me, something I didn't know before to direct my prayers now. It'll direct my prayers. I, I can, all of a sudden now I've got a ballistic, spiritual ballistic missile that can home right in on the problem. Right? Because the Holy Ghost spoke to me. See, the, the gifts of the Spirit of God are not as complicated as we make them out to be. We just have to be prayed up. We have to be looking. We have to be reading. And we have to take the Word of God for what it says, not what Grandma taught me. I'm sorry. Hey, just this morning, I was reading something written by a mentor that I have loved for 35, 40 years and looked at something he wrote, looked at the Scripture, looked back at what he wrote, looked at the Scripture, and said to myself, he's wrong. He's wrong. Have I ever stood up here and told you I'm right about everything? If anything, I'm too self-deprecating for that. I mean, you know, I'm not, I just don't, I just don't believe I'm right about everything. That's why I tell you to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Amen? Pray for me that God will help me, but he showed me that. Why? He loves me so much. He doesn't want me just eating everything that people put on my plate. All right? So what happened was God let him see into the spiritual realm and he saw the spirit that was at the root of that problem. The problem I have with that other book, we're never going to be handed an excuse to stand before God one day and say the devil made me do it. We're not going to get away with that. We're just not going to get away with it. That door isn't open to us. You know? So, so books that are written out there that blame everything on demonic forces in our lives. When in reality, what we just read in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, I mean, that's every evil thing you can come up with, right? I'm going to read it again, and I'm going to read all of it this time. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality... Oh, don't, don't this sound like things that have just run loose in the world today? Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Now listen to what he says. I warn you as I warned you before. Listen to me now that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, of course, this was written to the unsaved. Well, really? I, I, it includes everybody. So, so woe wo is me. Woe is me. What about me? I'm in this fight. What about you? Aren't you in this fight? You know? Oh, watch this. This passage of Scripture proves that there are many things that people would like to blame on demons. However, it's old-fashioned flesh that must be dealt with, or these people are warned that they are in danger of missing the ride home. Amen? I mean, that's as mild as I can put it. To put it any milder, you'd miss what I was saying. All right? You've got to look at scriptures like this. You may ask, how do we deal with this? Look at these scriptures, Romans 8, 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. I'm going to say that again. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, 
if by the Spirit, there's your key right there. For if by, but if by the Spirit you put to death these deeds of the body, you will live. You will live. No warnings necessary. Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Colossians 3, verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. We need to be careful about these things. Some people become more devil conscious than they are God conscious. I've met them all. I think I've met them all. Some people see a demon behind every doorknob. And they ain't even got the gift of discernment. They just assume it. I don't live my life like that. Don't be mistaken. The devil does try to take advantage of us in the area of the flesh. But not... Uh, but we don't have to yield to that amen it's one of the reasons why god gave us the holy ghost don't be mistaken the devil does try to take advantage in the area of flesh but we don't have to yield to that then what does the devil have to work with if we reduce the inventory because that's what we were just given in the word of god an inventory list of the works of the flesh but if we rely upon the holy spirit to help us put to death those things in our lives you know what I had to do at one point in my life? I had to ask God, Father, by the power of your spirit, will you make me afraid to do all those things? Please make me keenly aware of the danger so that I'll be fearful of it. So that I'll be afraid of that list. And that's when God started reducing the inventory list in my life. Because of a decision I made to pray that way. Does that make sense? All right, as long as you're keeping up with me, we're doing good. Romans chapter 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then back in Romans chapter 6, verse 13. That was Romans chapter 12, verse 1, if you're writing it down. Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Do not present your members to, zen, to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying when I tell you. You can make provision for the flesh. You can put yourself in a bad situation. You can put yourself in a bad position. And you're setting yourself up for failure. Now, here's the thing. Grace, the grace of God is a powerful thing. Amen. Is it something that we should take for granted? Is it something that we should just say, all oh, grace will cover it all? That is a dangerous approach. When the Bible, how many scriptures have I read already that the answer for the sins of the flesh is death? Put that to death. Amen? Let the Spirit of God rise up on the inside of you so strongly the flesh can't dwell with it. There is no flesh in the presence of God. That's why there's no sin, sickness, or disease in the presence of God. Because there's no flesh. Am I right or wrong? All right, okay. If you practice these truths, the devil won't have any place in you to grab a hold of you. At times, when an evil spirit is in direct cause of a problem, a believer might see the evil spirit that is affecting the situation 
when the gift of discerning of spirits is in operation. But as I said before, the discerning of spirits encompasses much more than just the discerning of evil spirits. We're going to stop. We're going to stop right there. We're going to stop right there because we've, we've, we've gone 30 minutes. That's enough. All right. Are you learning anything about discerning of spirits? Are you learning anything about the difference between the way a word of knowledge and word of wisdom works versus discerning of spirits? I mean, you know, here's the thing. A lot of people don't really want that gift. They don't want to see evil spirits. They don't want to see any kind of spirits. But I'm telling you, if the Holy Ghost trusts enough to use you to show you into the spiritual realm, he's showing you because he wants to do something about that evil spirit, and you've been given the name of Jesus to, to, to pray and to order that thing and tell it what to do. Listen, listen. The journal that I read about this woman that had cancer um, she'd been being prayed for every Friday. She'd show up at the church because they had healing services on Friday at this church. And the pastor would pray for sick people. And every now and then, somebody would just get healed of all kinds of stuff. Blindness, all kinds of stuff, right? Well, she had cancer and she was dying. She'd been coming for, on Friday for six months in a wheelchair. Until now, she's at a place where they can't treat her, they can't operate, they can't do anything. She's dying, right? And, uh, and I, I guess maybe I told you the story. I don't know. But the, but the Holy Spirit touched him. He saw a demonic uh, figure on her lung. And, and, and he saw it. So he sat back. And he said, uh, the Holy Spirit showed me this demonic figure on your right lung. And we're going to cast it out. And God's going to heal you. Why could he say that? He could say that because what was God showing him for if God wasn't going to deal with it? What, what's God, you know, what... Why does God tell you pray and, and you know, I'll do this and then when you pray and you try to yield to God and, and die to the flesh, what makes you think God's just going to fold his arm and say, no, I don't think I'm going to do that for you. God tells you something. God shows you something. He'll follow through. It's kind of God he is, right? So he cast that demon out and it dropped to the floor. He could see it. Boom. No one else could hear. No one else could see it. You know? And it said to him, I don't want to leave. But I know I have to do what you tell me to do. And he said, well, then furthermore, you've got to leave the building. And he jumped up, ran down the metal aisle, and out of the church he went. And then he, and, and, and he said to her, you're healed. Well, everybody's looking at each other like, you know, <laughs> she didn't feel any different. But she went to the hospital. She got x-rays. She had a test run. She had no cancer. Now, listen to me. Listen to me carefully. That's just one I don't know how many of these journal stories I know in my heart, and I keep them in my heart because God is going to return us to the gifts of the Spirit before he comes back. All right? So why is Pastor Dennis teaching on these things? Because we need to get ready. Amen? So if the Lord tarries, we'll finish this discerning of spirits next week. All right, we'll finish it next week. And if Jesus doesn't tarry, it just won't matter. Amen. Well, we'll be caught up zipping through the clouds and go to be with Jesus forever. All right. Otherwise, we're going to do this and we're going to have communion next week. Don't you forget to pray about that. Amen. Look, you're not alone. You know, and please forgive me if I've confused you along the way. God's going to help me fix all that, all right? And this is going to be fun. 
We're going to learn some powerful things and it's going to set us up for what God's going to do next. Do you believe that? All right, then stand with me. We're going to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you so very, very much. Mm. Thank you, Father, for your sweet and powerful and precious Holy Spirit. Father, I know that there are people in this room that when we read from Galatians like that, and we read all the sins of the flesh, there are people in the room that inside, doesn't show on the outside, but inside they cringe. Because you, you read through that list and go, oop, ow, oh, yeah, that one is a problem. Oop, ow, oh, that one is a problem. Or that one's a problem, or that one's a problem. Father, this teaching on the Holy Ghost is to bring us to the point where we know exactly what to do when these things try to rise up in our life. We turn to you. We thank you for the comforter. We thank you for the teacher. We thank you for the deliverer that you have put in our lives, and that is the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father, that only the Holy Ghost can help us to put the flesh to death and let the Spirit rise up on the inside of us and make all the difference. Father, may we be terrified when it comes to sin in our lives. May we be so afraid of it that we, no, 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 I, I can't go there. I can't do that. May that be the response uh, of our spirit to the flesh. May we have victory over the flesh every day, day in, day out, all day long, all night long, 365 days a year. And then another day on leap year, Father, in Jesus' name, that we would not have one day that's displeasing to you. Oh, you say, Brother Dennis, that's so impossible. That, uh, no, God is the God of the impossible. God can do anything. My, my trust and faith is in Him. Father, I want to thank you for the gifts of your Spirit. I want to thank you for the clarity that your Holy Ghost is giving to us in these services about the gifts of the Spirit. May we not fear any of them, Lord. Father, may we embrace them as they use us, Father. And if you ever show us into the realm of the spirits, into the realm of spirits, and we see a demonic a figure causing a problem in a person's life, may we come against it in Jesus' name, not in our name. And Father, may we know for a fact that if you're going to use us by the gifts of your spirit to see into the spirit realm, that you're not going to show us anything that we can't deal with in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That we can cast that thing out and tell it to go away and be cast into utter darkness. And that healing be manifest. Uh, freedom from oppression be manifest. Freedom even from possession to be manifest, Father. But Lord, we just, more so than anything, we need victory over garden variety sins of the flesh. In Jesus' mighty name, forgive us for the sins of our life. Those things that so easily beset us, Father. Thank you for victory over these things in our lives. Death to the flesh in the life of the Spirit of God. Lord, you're doing great things at Life Spring Bible Church. I want to thank you for every person in this room. I want to thank you, Father, for what you're doing in the lives of your children. I want to thank you, Father, that uh, the works that the Holy Ghost does with his gifts are on the uptick. Especially at Life Spring Bible Church. Every church lifts up the name of Jesus in anguish. Father, I want to thank you. This isn't the only place teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Father, raise people up to do it and do it right. I pray in Jesus' name. Help me, Father, to continue to teach on this subject with clarity, Father, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray and pray.
Father, if there be anybody in this room that, that all of a sudden fear rose up on the inside of them when we read in Galatians that people who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The devil would try to scream in their ear that they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God because they have problems like this in their life. But Lord, we're breathing today. We're in this room. We're alive. And as long as we're alive, you're not finished with us, Father. And though all of the manifestation of deliverance from the sins of the flesh may not be manifest today, remind everybody, Father, to stay in the fight. In Jesus' name, don't quit. Don't give up. Because, Father, you see a day when we are delivered. You see the day when we are delivered because you see your son. He's seated at your right hand. He is in us and we are in him. You see the hour of our deliverance, Father, in Jesus' name. If we're to be used by the gifts of the Spirit, Father, the conduits need to be cleaned out. We need to give vent to the Holy Ghost for the Holy Ghost to move through us. Forgive us for those things that we've allowed to be in our lives and, and remain in our lives that would be a hindrance to the gifts of the Spirit. May we not listen to that lying devil who tries to tell us that we're never going to be delivered. We're never going to get over this. We're never, no, no, no. I, I choose the Word. I choose the Holy Ghost. I choose the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. His death, His resurrection, Him being seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for me. He's praying about me right now, and He's praying about everybody in this room. Father, we're about to leave this place. Go with us by the power of your Spirit. If you tarry next Sunday, we want to get back into this subject, finish this subject up on discerning of spirits, and we want to have communion together. Father, bring the lost to this place that they might be saved. Bring those that need deliverance to this place that they might be set free. Bring those that need the Holy Ghost in their lives to overflowing, Father. Bring them to this place. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name that in communion services, all kinds of miracles happen. Just another way for a miracle to take place in our lives. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we pray and praise. And everybody said, amen. Fellowship together before you leave this building. <laughs>